Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 168 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. All right, man. We are in for one stellar week, Carrick. Slaps on the shades. It's going to be a good episode. We got a lot of gaming drama to go through. But before that, Carrick and I both have Patreons. Maybe you want to flick a buck. Flick a buck. There we go. Uh, you can be part of the show. You get involved by having your questions on here. You can join us as guests sometimes, and maybe even uh, over this weekend, because this will already be up at the time, you can game with me on Twitch. Um, a few patrons and I are doing that. And uh, yeah, so that's linked down below. It's, it's just a dollar. You get early access. You get involved in the podcast in all sorts of ways. Also, there's mobile links down below, so if you don't want to listen on YouTube, you want to go on a walk then you can take us with you on iTunes or Google Play. And lastly, we like to talk about upcoming content. So for me, I got a review incoming for Spider-Man next week on uh, Tuesday. Uh, That same day, actually, Game Informer is dropping a huge piece on Fallout 76. Apparently, that's going to fill in a lot of details on what this game is. So Tuesday is going to be a really busy day for me. The rest of the week, I, I don't have all that planned out, but it's starting to be review season in general, so uh, there are some other games coming my way that I may be taking a look at. Carrick, how about you? Same, Spider-Man, and then doing a walk-in-the-walk for Spider-Man, and probably one list video, which I rarely do, but like the top Mm -hmm. five things about Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. And then um, Tomb Raider, you and I are both going to do. Yeah. Um, That's like the 14th or something? I can't remember. Yeah, it's a ways out. Um, And then more Twitch, yeah. Just, it's uh, so a funny. Bunch of streaming. Speaking of Twitch, I was on stream last night as we record this, so Thursday night, and people are asking me like, "Matt, are you going to review Tomb Raider?" I'm like, "I don't remember the last time Square Enix. I don't think they've ever yeah. given me an early, early code." And then they just dropped Tomb Raider in my inbox. I'm like, "All right, I guess I'm reviewing this game." You know? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them because the same thing happened to me where they used to reach out and then they stopped. And I was like, oh, it must be me. But then I looked and I noticed other people weren't covering it right away as well. And yeah. then today we just, the emails went out. So I don't know. The I like the turnaround. Out. I'm not complaining, you know, because yeah. yeah, it's right. weird. I reached out for Dragon Quest, didn't get that, but I randomly got Tomb Raider. I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this situation. So yeah, Tomb Raider review, lots of other stuff coming out in uh, a decent amount of time. We got, it's, it's starting to heat up folks. So. Let's yeah, get right into much. it with uh, Spider-Man PS4. I'd like to preface this by saying that because Carrick and I, as we do this episode, are under uh, NDA or under the embargo, um, we cannot speak on the game itself, but we are going to talk about the issue. Um, so let's get right into it. The following article comes from IGN's Nick Santangelo. And this is just... I have to sigh right away. It's just such a fucking silly thing to talk about, and we're headlining our podcast with it. All right. Some gamers who were looking forward to Spider-Man's release next week are claiming Insomniac Games has downgraded Spider-Man's visuals, leading to smaller puddles and several other perceived problems. A Reddit post from Thursday morning by Ghulam Jewel compares Spider-Man's E3 and release screenshots. It's nearing 7,000 upvotes and 1,000 comments, which I think it's gone up since then into the 20,000s as this story really catches storm. Uh, Redditors are arguing over whether or not the textures look worse in the release versions, but one thing everyone agrees on is what what was once a giant puddle is now a smaller puddle. Quote, it's just a change in the puddle size. There's no downgrade at all. End quote. Responded the studio's Twitter account. Continuing, Insomniac added... 
that Spider-Man still has, quote, plenty of other places with tons of puddles, end quote. And mind you, they were not saying that in satire or sarcastically. That was a genuine answer to someone, which, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, I don't mean to be rude, but fuck, this is just ridiculous. However, that didn't shut down the Puddle Inquisition. In the same Twitter conversation, another fan alleged that Spider-Man's costume and shadow, along with a number of other things in the environment, has also been downgraded. Community director James Stevenson chimed in from his personal account to say that this simply wasn't true. Quote, I am telling you, I talked to the technical and engineering and art staff and looked at the live code of this final build. End quote, responded Stevenson. There was no downgrade. Instead, explained Stevenson, what gamers were seeing was merely a change in the position of the sun between the screenshots that was responsible for most of the differences. It's a claim that's since been supported by someone claiming to be a 3D rendering artist posting in the Reddit thread, but the downgrade claims have persisted unabated. Elsewhere, Stevenson has claimed that the puddle was simply moved and the, and the perceived Spider-Man suit downgrade is also caused in part by video compression. Finally, he adds that he's, quote, pretty sure, end quote, the puddle in question was moved for design, usability, and or art reasons, not performance. Carrick, what do you think about Puddlegate? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yep. Like, I, um, when it comes to puddles and stuff like that, they're in the game. Obviously, we see that. So, when it comes to this, one of the things I always want is for people to understand about development. And um, the best video I can point people towards is uh, David Jaffe, who made Twisted Metal. He did a video about this last night. Okay. And in the video, he's very clear about what happens during development, both upgrades, downgrades, but also, which is strange enough, in that picture, what would be considered a side grade, which is the puddles removed, but the shadows are improved. So anybody who thinks everything's been downgraded actually has no clue what goes on with developing. That does not mean it won't receive a downgrade. It simply means in that particular picture and with the things that people are pointing out, those are changed many times. I personally do see a difference in that in that, that picture right. that, I th that I think indicates more of a ch more than the changes they have been saying have, ha have happened. It looks that way to me. But strangely enough, for example, I think the suit looks 10,000 times better in the second picture. I don't like the reflective tinfoil yeah. shit suit that he's wearing in the first picture. In the second, it's got a, almost like a furry shader. Mm -hmm. And I liked that look. It looked more, um, it looked more organic than the shiny-ass crap one. But Absolutely. at the same time... I love puddles, and I love snow, and I like weather effects, so seeing that removed made me look at it and go, eh. There were some issues with textures. People thought they saw a difference as well, but I did not look that close on that part. Yeah, I just... My response initially was, okay, if you're looking at a Spider-Man game, then if you're a determining factor, because a lot of articles have highlighted like how people are like, I'm not going to buy this now. Like, If you're a determining factor of buying a really any video game in my opinion but a spider-man game especially in this in this subject if if that is determined by a puddle and a couple of tech changes or as Carrick highlighted a side grade where it's not really going down just things have changed 
Like, I, I just feel like, I, I feel as if those people should not have a platform, you know, where this should not be a discussion, but it's gotten so big that we, we got to talk about it. But not only that, but I, I just feel like people are looking at games for the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I get people want to critique, they want to get involved in the conversation, they absolutely should. But, like, these are the things that are embarrassing for the games industry. As we grow as an industry, we don't need to have the headline for one of this year's biggest launches being about gamers arguing about puddles. That looks immature. It looks silly. Anyone, even the most experienced gamers to the newest are probably like, who, who the fuck cares about a puddle? Part of it is in jest, like, oh, puddle gate. You know, it's, it's funny because it's so minute. I get the whole character model, the suits, you know, the shadows. Yeah. That type of stuff stands out to me more than a puddle being moved. I just, I, I feel like the the highlight of the topic is clearly a lot of people don't understand game development. And, and what's perfect, we'll talk about this later, but we just saw why Cyberpunk 2077's gameplay took so long to be revealed to the public. Because the press can see it. They understand, they, they, they assume, rather, that the press will understand, hey, games change throughout development, let's gauge some feedback here, let's get them in. But they don't know if all the consumers watching the video across the internet, I think it was at six plus million views last time I looked, all know how game development works, or what they're seeing there is not indicative of a final product, where things may change, where, for example, when V first goes out in the Night City, you know, are is there going to be that many NPCs in the final build? Like, these are just tweaks that happen. And I think a lot of people just need to research and understand that. Does it make these drastic changes okay? I'm not saying it does, but I don't think what we saw in Spider-Man or what we could eventually see maybe in a hypothetical situation with Cyberpunk is anything to lose our minds over. And part yeah, of I mean, I, it's just oh, sort of, it's sort of embarrassing. I don't know. It's just like, it's sort of embarrassing because they also plaster this is not a final product that you're seeing on mm-hmm. videos. You see that in descriptions, and then people pretend that it is. And it's like, it's sort of embarrassing because, I mean, then you have to question, like, can people read? Do people, I mean, it's hard to come across like you know something if you quite literally can't pay attention to what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you don't understand, like, the thing that you're supposedly critiquing. So... It's just, it's really a weird situation to see. I get, I like that people want to talk about the technical stuff a lot. Same. But it's, I think it's easier for people to, and people react to things taken away. And so people are like, there's no puddle, but they don't look at the shadows being slightly improved. Or they don't look at this, or they don't, for example, like me, I noticed the suit looked a lot better. They won't notice those things. They're just like, all the stuff is ignored, puddle's missing. And yeah. that becomes a story. And that, it's, it's. Yeah, and it's it's just sort of embarrassing to even talk about. It's like that bad friend you have where everybody's in a group and he says something and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's okay, him. well, that was embarrassing. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I don't – I know that for me personally, I've never been – I pay attention to tech in games. When I review games, I, I am fascinated by certain tech things or I note the poor tech. But even as someone who's fully involved in it, it's never been a huge deciding factor for me. I know you're more of the tech guy of us two, for sure. So for you, when you see these these puddles removed, these changes, does that ever has that ever dissuaded you? I know you don't represent every single gamer, but I'm sure people would want to hear from someone who you know really knows their tech, 
can name off a thousand and one terms that I would probably never fucking understand, you know, what you what you feel when you see a tech change. I think also we should indicate that we can't we're talking around this subject because of the embargo. Correct. Just in case people are wondering. Yeah, um, we should emphasize that again. <laughs> that yeah, just because I'm like really careful with what I'm saying. Same, so um <laughs> so uh I I you never want to see a massive downgrade like watchdogs, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is quite watchdogs was probably I think the the thing that exploded everybody about downgrades. Yeah. Um because what we saw this is not even within the same stratosphere as that. But I I notice those things, but it really does depend what the sixty bucks gets for me. And one of the reasons why is because just because I may notice it mm-hmm. and just because somebody may do a video on it or somebody may do an article doesn't mean Joe Bob down the street who doesn't get a chance to check out all this stuff will notice that. So me it's more about what do I get for the sixty bucks? And then if I want to do a video later, then I can talk about that because it would be the same thing with Fun Factor. If a game looks amazing but its fun isn't great, then I have to say that. Right. But that also doesn't mean I might not find something more fun than you. So I think with reviews, it just comes to context Mm -hmm. of, hey, if you've noticed this, well, this is what it looks like. I also think we're lucky in one major element. It's, you know, back in the day, you could review a game by putting three pictures on your webpage and you'd write your your review, yeah, and you'd be done. You and I have video, so all I have to do is make sure that I'm accurate and I don't just show the good parts, don't just show the bad parts, but show the gameplay, and then talk about it, and people can sort of look at it and go, yes or no. I will say one thing. I deal with compression. You do too, because we both right. make YouTube videos. Not 100% sure compression speaks to all that we saw. I can only it, say that. It absolutely in, does not. In fact... In fact, it's one of the reasons why I wish some people wouldn't say anything. Because then they drop something that then becomes a story. Because compression can fuck things up, but there were actual changes due to lighting. Even the time of day, because you know what I'm talking about. There's certain games, including Spider-Man, that has a time of day shift. And yes. things can look drastically different. Weather shifts can look drastically different. Um, so that comes into it, too. But yeah, it's, it's odd. Context is all that matters to me. Exactly, because it feels like people were just it was misinformation. Because there are clearly people who don't know about a day and night cycle in Spider Man, and so no one instantly thought, "Oh, maybe the reason." Okay, the puddle removal is that happens regardless, but yeah. maybe the reason the shadows have shifted and the and the, the lighting on the situation has shit or situation the the scene has shifted is because the sun's in a different position. Which yeah. I know it's crazy to think about, but these are game worlds that are designed to immerse you, and so yes. I think a lot of people are figuring out for the first time now, like they do go to this length to, to you know, where, where scenes will look different for everyone based off lighting, reflections, weather, the leftover, the remains of weather, whether it is a puddle or and not in that case, because it was inside a construction building, but you get what I'm saying. Stuff along those lines. I think people are just discovering this aspect of gaming, which it's a, it's a step in the right direction. But this discussion, I think, takes away from what a lot of people can actually learn about also if you have a game like a a spider-man or let's just go to a batman if you're getting 29 frames per second on batman and you need 30 to be smooth or your version of smooth uh you know with motion blur and that kind of stuff um there definitely is pass graphical passes you can remove to get to your 30 and we may have seen that as well on this there's but that doesn't mean that the entire thing looks terrible that's the problem with taking a screenshot (laughs) 
because it's just like I mean, I could point, and I, when I said the shadows look better, how do I know that that's also not due to the weather and the shadows aren't better? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you won't know until you play it. And to me, it's all of those things that need to be sort of discussed and shown. Unfortunately, this is also where embargoes hurt. I will say that. Yeah, right. Any embargo. But you can't defend it because you can't show a video, right? Exactly. You can't, show, you can't talk you, on it. Yeah, and so there's this long long tail of of both accurate information but also inaccurate information that's that's put out and again i would tell people to go check out david jaffe's video on this um until the embargoes are done with these mm-hmm. games yeah so, it's, a, it's an and in in all honesty if there was no embargo none mm-hmm. i don't even know if i would talk about this in particular because like it's <laughs> such a it's uh, it, it, There's other things that occur in open-world games that I would much rather focus on than, like, a puddle disappearing. Mm-hmm. And um, especially because we know, ignoring anything I know or have you done with this game, anything you know or have played, we already know those exist elsewhere because we've seen Sony's official uh, gameplay where it, they exist still exactly. right now. So it's like... It's this odd situation where it's like, well, can't can't say anything, but I'm I don't even know if I would. I don't know what I would do if there was no embargo because I don't really I I hate it. Mm-hmm. I would let other people do it probably. Like if somebody else wanted to make a video, I just sometimes want to eject myself from the conversation because it's just I was like, oh my about god, that last night on stream, man. Are, really? Are we in this? Yeah, now? yeah. People were asking me about Battlefield Five and and what I thought on it. And I was just like, there are just certain conversations I don't partake in because i just don't feel qualified to talk about it or i don't feel like i have or enough information <laughs> or yeah i'm just not interested as much because i remember battlefield yeah. 5 when i first saw a trailer i was like yeah i'm in and then like i just saw the trailer breakdowns happen and the controversy surrounding it and i was just like i'm not as interested now mm-hmm. um and and so you know it's one of those situations where i don't think i could have a intelligent commentary over and like you said sometimes you just don't want to be a part of it but what we GTA, do want to be a part of all, all games have had this anyway too. All True. open games have had changes. It happens, man. I mean, what what do we want? Developers not show their game. That's that's all I'm saying. Like we obviously want to know what we're buying. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. But uh, as I was saying, what we do want to—I don't know what actually what was my actual segue there. But um, we're going over to Battlefield or uh, or uh, Cyberpunk now. Um, so there was 48 minutes of gameplay revealed. It was the gameplay at E3 that I had seen and talked about with my buddy Vinny. Uh, Carrick, this is your first time seeing it, though. Mm-hmm. What did you yeah, think? I did a walk in the walk. I thought it looked pretty good. All right. I, 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 luckily, you never said this because you and I would have had words, but <laughs> you didn't say this. Um, but I, I heard some people say, and some people I would consider to be pretty technically minded some people say it's impossible this was done on current tech and i was like bullshit bullshit Hmm. there's nothing about that game whatsoever nothing not a single thing in that game that should make anybody think that that can't be done on current tech now do i am i saying that's on an xbox one right now no i am not Mm -hmm. i'm saying current tech and that was a little bit disconcerting because I, I was already worried about the previews being overtly positive. This is something I dealt with with Watch Dogs 2. Right. Um, I think most people were fairly measured. And I don't know what rules you guys signed because we've seen this before where they're like, hey, 
you know, there's not caveats to saying negative stuff, but they 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 have so many yeah, warnings we, that it's pre-alpha. Thing when we came, didn't in. have to sign anything. Yeah, they just um, let us in. So I'm just glad they showed it because I'm a big fan of warts in games. I want to see the mistakes because then I can point and say that's a real game. Like that's not a CGI. It's not touched up. That's the game. It dropped some frame rate here and there. It had some issues with sound. It had a couple other issues, and I like that because that indicates yeah. there's a chance that's what I'm getting. I am. I, I was dead set against just certain people being able to see it, even though I was invited to E3 to go see it. I was like, fuck that. I don't mm-hmm. just show it. On the other hand, would they have Puddlegate right now? Maybe they would. Like, that's another, like, because I did a walk in the walk, but since I, I couldn't compare it to anything else, this is the first time I saw it. Right. It, when the second when the second you know trailer from them comes out, are we going to have another Puddlegate thing? And I don't know if you saw, but CD Projekt Red said they basically admitted this is one of the major reasons they didn't want to show it to everybody. Exactly because they were they were worried people were going to try to hold them to something that they were like is changeable is is exactly. something that might change. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it came with a whole letter from um, the game director. I think his name was Adam Batowski. Oh, is that yeah yeah? And if I said his name wrong, but. Um, yeah, he said how like they they were very hesitant originally because they didn't yeah. want to publicly commit to anything yet. Um, my my guess was they got enough positive feedback at E3. I mean, everyone that that the whole week was like they won the show. That's it. Like it's the best game there. I would agree with that. And, and so I think they got enough positive feedback where they decided like, okay, we can commit to this. We can show the public. I imagine they'll share the same idea. We'll take our feedback, and we'll. we'll they, I, I said I felt like they were kind of, you know, at the fork in the road. They're like, do we keep going with our vision, what we think is best, or do we show the public and get their feedback, and then we kind of do a mixture of uh, what we feel is best, but also what the consumer clearly enjoys. Like if they're, you know, a lot of people were really head over heels for the fact that it seemed to have very um, organic conversations um, that that felt like. You know, it, it wasn't not it wasn't only like good guy, bad guy, and, and like asking someone why. It was right. yes, I'll do this because I want money. Yes, I'll do this because I want to fuck you over. Yes, I want to do this because I want to kill this person. Something like that. Like there were multiple ways to say yes and no. And on top of that, I think a lot, what resonated with people was also seeing the gameplay. You know, like was creative, shooting against the wall, having it hit someone on the other side, shooting through a wall, scanning enemies. Uh, inventive weapons like a auto aim weapon now it didn't look like the most fun but it was different movement was solid it was like you were watching i played rage recently it was almost like you were watching rage but in an open world which looked enticing with a story that instantly grabbed me even though it was like they said right after the beginning so probably an hour and a half deep max um a character creator that looks really uh, rather the stat system you know, where it's, it's all a Mass Effect, very similar in that way. Um, I think it, it grabbed gamers in a in a very unique sense where um, I think that's why people were so hyperbolic to an extent where they're like, no way this is on modern tech because it offered so much that we've seen so many games just solely focus on. Like, I'll use the Rage 2 example. Like, obviously, they're focusing on exciting, explosive gameplay. But then we see Cyberpunk do that on top of all I just mentioned before, and then some, right? Um, it's just, it's wild to me. Um, so, I personally found the shooting pretty terrible okay. in that demo. 
but it might have been the auto gun that you were talking about. The, the auto thing aim. that had like the big rectangle as a uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it also its FOV was really tight, insanely yes, tight in that sure. demo, which I think I just see and get like almost claustrophobic about. Like I'm like, it's horse yeah. blinders in a New York park. Um, what I mean by the shooting is, I, 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 let me rephrase that. I don't mean it's terrible. I mean I didn't see anything special on that. What I liked was it looked like the city, but of course this is just me being a nerd because I like exploring stuff. Yakuza, for example, Yakuza Kiwami 2 mm-hmm. has a stunning city. Stunning. Holy shit. Like, it's ridiculous how good. Yeah, and but I mean, just walking into a, a store, everything looks real, and then right. you can leave the back of the store, which goes into an alley, which then goes into another. Like, it's all really I well done. I love Kiwami 1, so are you saying I should play Kiwami 2? Yeah, because Kiwami 2 makes Kiwami 1 look bad. Wow. No lie. Yeah, wow. I didn't I realize like that. that. a lot, too. I saw somebody saying Kiwami 2 improved the look from 6, which also shared the engine. And I was like, really? I, I'll, I'll go, ch- you know, I'll check it out because I was doing the review. And, dude, I'm telling you. There's when you sit back, you have it on 4K on your Sony, your PS4, what have you, um, and you're walking through the town. Holy fucking shit! And here's the problem for for me. I just got done playing that. I just got done playing Watch Dogs. I just got done playing Batman. So when I saw Cyberpunk's gameplay, that's why it didn't make me go, oh, amazing, mm-hmm. because I had just come from a game which had a fantastic town. And then another game which had an open world. And you know what I mean? So it was like, right. that's, I, I, I think, also, I told you this when you were first discussing seeing the game. I said I would believe you more than me because you got to see, like when you were talking about rage and stuff, I was like, you got to see it close. Yeah. There's something about watching a YouTube video with some jackass narrating it that bothers the hell out of me and i know that sounds weird but like even if you were narrating i'd be all maddie shut the fuck up and shoot somebody so i can see Uh what's happening and i i I saw a shit ton of people in my discord saying this looks awesome but i wish that narrator would shut the fuck up because they're ruining the almost the mystery of it because he'd be like what if we do here and it's like no 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 show that don't explain it because then you lock yourself into it don't explain this weapon let us see it let us see those things. Small nitpick, but it was just funny that I was because I, I had noticed yeah. that right away when he was talking. I was like, "And you got to see this up close." Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe the difference between a YouTube video at 4K, even though it's at 4K, versus a monitor in front of you at 4K. It's, I mean, it's night and day. Yeah, and plus we were we were in a room with a bunch of CD Projekt Red developers, and like they would the, the developer would like stop Explain in the same things. place, and, and yeah, he, I would, yeah, he'd talk, but um. At one point, like the game crashed, so they were joking. It was a lot more lighthearted. I guess there's a difference, of course, between a press demo and yeah, a public reveal, and that kind of goes back to what I said earlier about they assume the press understands game development fully. You know, this is no yeah. disrespect to any consumer out there, by the way. Don't take it the wrong way. I'm just saying that the the general assumption from the games companies are that the press yeah. would, you know, we're working here, we would understand how development works. But um, yeah, I think it just goes back to that point. We have a bunch Dude, of this, questions. Uh, the, oh, I was just going to say the fucking internals, though, Maddie. Oh. Like, of oh, all yeah. the things I think they hit, it was the fact that I covered this in my video where, like, they would have something on the floor up against a wall. 
mm-hmm. and it would have something on the ceiling against the wall. And what it does is it doesn't look like Legos where they just threw a building down and threw shit into it and said, looks good. Instead, it looked really organic. When you're yeah. walking around, things connected inside and outside of doorways. That shit was, that shit was next level. Yeah, that was that got very, me. very well designed, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of potential, a lot of game changing potential, in my opinion. Yeah, I know that may sound a little extreme. Just I, I, like I said, I really liked how the conversations were handled. Um, I love. I have a question actor, for you or actress. Sorry, go for it. If I have, uh, did they explain this? If I have a modification for an eye or what what have you will those ever affect narrative because i was saying i i wish i could see weaknesses right. so when i interrogate somebody i can say i know your elbows so fucked up. i had made a video about little details in the trailer um or i'm sorry not the trailer it's a, that'd be a long trailer in the gameplay um and i had pointed out that when you were doing upgrades there was a humanity cost so i had speculated in the video that mm. Hey, maybe okay. this is something that is like prey, where you use Typhon abilities. You know, you're 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 engaging yeah. in that side of the gameplay, and so therefore, there are more Typhons. They're harder to kill because technically you're more powerful. The world reacts to your decision. I was told, and and this is the thing with covering Cyberpunk 2077 is a lot of people don't realize, myself included. And now I have to check this type of information. Is there is the the pen and paper game? So yeah. Humanity is a thing in that. And someone pretty much explained it as you lose your sanity pretty much over time. And I was like, okay, so based off that answer, I'm assuming that they're not going to do that. uh, Because if you do it to a certain point, you turn into a a something cyborg or something like that, a psycho, a psycho something. Like I said, you completely lose yourself. Obviously, I don't think they're going to let the game get to that point or else... You just die and game's over, and you'd never go back. So right. my guess is the the world would react to those cybernetics you're putting in, and and more than anything, I'd say that the dialogue changes. Like you know how in Fallout, you lower your intelligence, the dialogue changes if you have a high skill or stat in something, you get a dialogue option for that. I imagine as your humanity cost goes up, more dialogue options are offered that are maybe a little like as it suggests, a little less humane because you're sacrificing who you are for these upgrades. So that's just okay. my guess. I, I have not fully researched this humanity thing out um, just because it's really, it, I've noticed it's kind of tough to find details on this pen and paper game because I think, bef- once again, I could be wrong, but when I was trying to look up stuff on it, it didn't seem like there were a lot of forums or it seemed like there were more forums rather than like an info site. You know, because yeah. nowadays, like when I try to get into Mansions of Madness, Seafall, uh, th- those types of more current board games, there there is a, a site with official information. There is a forum. Cyberpunk was pre-internet. Yeah, so, so it makes that sense. should explain yeah. it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, th- those are the things I'm learning, and I'm trying to, you know, because I know sure. I'm be covering the game a lot, so it's stuff I'm working on. But yeah, that's. Pretty much how, in answer to your question, upgrades may work. I just know that there is a humanity cost. So I, knowing CD Projekt Red, I'd feel there would be some type of effect on the dialogue or the, the world. However, we have a bulk of questions. A lot of people were really curious on our take on this gameplay. And we have a really unique one I'm going to start off with. Uh, Bearded Panda asks... What is your opinion on nudity in games? I feel like having straight up fully modeled naked bodies in Cyberpunk is an odd choice. It doesn't add anything to the game other than an M rating. 
If you want an adult-themed game, that's fine. I just feel it's there to be there and add an edge to this game. So I'll, I'll kick this one off personally. I feel like if there is a company that has handled nudity well, it has been CD Projekt Red. And I feel that we've seen in a lot of games, and I'm not saying it loses its uh, effect, its impact on the gamer, but we've seen like the, the vicious you know, decapitation, like trying to set the tone that way. I think in a really unique sense, it kind of set the tone for cyberpunk when you had no idea really what was going on. You were thrown into the heat of the action. You're trying to save someone. It seems like a drastic situation and, and like you're pulling her out of a tub and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Why is she like this? Um, it, it felt very, uh, it felt very almost natural in a way. It felt like uh, it made sense in this universe. Like it, 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 like I said, it really wrote me in. I, I think maybe part of the issue could have been that Bearded Panda may have watched the gameplay with the stream up on the side where the whole chat was like, boobs, boobs, you know, and, and fucking spamming it. I saw it and I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, people are so immature. Um, but yeah, for me, I thought it, it really added to it. And that's coming from someone who was like, I had made a video a while ago, I think in 2016, talking about Fallout adult mods and i was like i don't really get these and people said to me hey it's immersion for us you know that's it and i was like okay you know if that's your thing i i respect it and and that's why i think for me in this way it clicks i think it clicks for different people in different way i think the way they used it as tone setting though was probably the biggest impact what do you feel about this though well i if he's i i can't tell what he's talking about if he's talking about this gameplay trailer mm. they explained it so there's no mystery on why there's they're naked. They're being salvaged for parts, and they're in an ice bath. So they wouldn't dress them up. They would be naked. So to me, the narrative explains why there's naked chicks right I there. Guess, yeah, it's, it's more so. I think he's asking like, "Whoa, they they went to that length. Why? I'm 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 not going to speak for him, but I'm imagining maybe like, maybe why didn't they wrap her with a towel in the tub? I don't know. Just shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the dehumanizing... So everything about cyberpunk is about dehumanizing, which is yeah. one of the reasons why the humanity scores in it, because I own the RPG, and okay. I had forgotten about the humanity. Thank you for mentioning it. Now I'll know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know why I didn't remember that until you mentioned it. But um, <laughs> So if you, look at, if you look at cyberpunk as a whole, it's almost always about body modification or body horror, yeah. where you're, you're injecting robots into humans and all this stuff and what happens is by doing that you dehumanize and that was the entire starting of this gameplay was to show that they were dehumanized they were quite literally yeah. bodies in a tub of of ice water so to me i can't explain it uh, i think they did a perfect job like to me the naked bodies it would have been fucking weird if they were wearing boxer shorts or something like you know yeah, and, and it, panties yeah. i would have been like that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Mm -hmm. If he's talking about just overall, I'm not a big fan of relationships in games, sex in games. I think it's handled pretty terribly, but I still think that I would agree with you that CD Projekt Red probably is one of the few companies that, you know, does it yeah. like does it better, I guess, than others. I'm not a fan at all, but I, I still that. can see that they do better. Um, so I personally feel that it makes perfect sense. It's almost like I heard somebody complaining that they use the word fuck. And I was like, well, in my real life, 
most of my friends use fuck as the starting of a sentence, a comma, and the ending of a sentence. Yep. So, <laughs> to me, if you're shooting guns, and if you've ever talked to anybody who's in the military, prepare for a fucking ear lashing. Just in a normal conversation. You can be like, how's that candy bar? And they'll start with, fuck, man. And then they just go <laughs> off. So... To me, I don't see any problem with that. I think that there's a place for G-rated games. I love my Dest or I love my uh, Disney Infinity. I love my mm -hmm. Skylanders, but there's also oh, my Toy a Story place. Three. I love my Toy Story Three. Good game, even though no one seemed to play it. Um, yeah. But I don't see any problem with somebody saying this is an R-rated game, body modification, horror. You have a humanity score of all things. In fact, I would say I'd like to see it more. You get a game like Vampire, didn't show it as much as I feel that they could have had some impactful parts where they showed it. Um, yeah. I actually would rather see it handled well and more than see it well, not it, being it, a game. It feels like it's less of like the, the babying, like, we'll fade to black here, you know, you can't see this. Uh, Detroit feel... Become Human? Did oh, you play did that? that? No, I didn't. Yeah, Detroit Become Human dehum dehumanizes the characters as well. Yeah, I just feel way. like... You know, if they trust the gamer to, to to be, I guess, maybe mature about it and yeah. to, to fully involve themselves in the narrative and to see, like, you know, whoa, they're going to this length to, to show yeah. the relationship or, in this case, the uh, almost objectification of yeah. these people. Yeah. You know, I, oh, I that's think... why I liked it, dude. I, yeah. When he jacks into her fucking, or he or she jacks into that person's back of their head and all that stuff, like, all that kind of stuff is what cyberpunk is about. Mm -hmm. and and that is that humans this like what you see as a package human isn't necessarily the end or the beginning of anything anymore in yeah. that world versus maybe even a witcher or something like that yeah man did yeah. you did you like the did you did you like the tone of the trailer maddie like the I, I don't want to call it too gritty, because Deus Ex was gritty. The last mm -hmm. Deus Ex. It may not have been the greatest game, but it was gritty. But did you did you like the tone? And is that the tone that you are hoping goes through the out the game, or do you want a little bit more levity? Because there was no <laughs> there was no gaiety in that. Nobody was like doo, doo, doo. it was yeah, just it was like pretty, everything. Now fucking you mentioned sucks. it, yeah. Like maybe <laughs> Jackie was the only guy who was like a little uplifting. Yeah, a little uplifting. Um I I hope Personally, it, it tries to maintain that tone. Me too. Because I think, you know, I know you, you said, like, I didn't think the gameplay looked that good. I think some of the, the, the levity would come from the gameplay. Like, all right, we're shooting the fuck out of things in a fun, free form yeah. where, I mean, I highlighted this in my little details video. I apologize. I keep sourcing it. Uh, but I'm, I'm really proud of it, honestly. But, you know, for example, like a little thing like the music transition in conversation yeah. Shit like that, man, where they're, like, adding the percussion because it's getting intense, and then, like, things start to tone down, and the, the the drone still keeps going on, but, like, they remove the percussion. Just shit like that, that in your subconscious, you're, like, here at the TV, and then you're just leaned in. Like, you know, it, it's little things like that that maintain the tone. I thought, for the most part, it was well acted, but I I really do hope it keeps that pressure on the player the whole time. I mean, I wasn't... For me, you know, and you as well, I imagine we see so many gameplays, so many, or so many gameplay demos. Yeah. Sorry, we see so many previews. We get early access, and I, you know, I don't say it as if it's a, a run of the mill thing. I'm more so saying we get used to it. You know, a lot of the the sizzle and the awe wears off, and then you just have the game, 
and it it gets really hard when you're just watching a a, a title to fully invest yourself but you know yeah. i'll admit i i during the interrogation scene and during the part where like everyone's pointing guns at each other like i was i was holding my breath you know i, I thought to myself holy crap i i I'm so into what's happening here. I thought I was watching a really good show at the moment. You lose yourself, and I think that's mainly why I wanted – I want more of that because I, I fully got involved in what was happening even though I know I'm not going to be playing this game for a while probably. <laughs> it's going to be a while off. Yeah. You know, CD Projekt Red. Yeah. It's coming that's another, 2019. That's another discussion. No <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't know about you, but like – well, so there was a couple things. The – this is going to sound really stupid, but bear with me. The one thing I really liked is that they muted. So cyberpunk isn't like a fantasy magic spells. It's mm-hmm. supposedly supposed to be somewhat technically grounded. When the when the police copper or the police hovercraft comes down, one of the first things I noticed is it didn't like have these massive thrusters like a Warhammer forty thousand item, That's true. where they're just like an atlas thruster, and you're all people would be dying below that <laughs> fucking thing. Instead. Yeah. It's hovering. It's got a little pulse that you notice. It's like boop, 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 boop. It's got this cool rhythmic pulse. And I like that realism where, mm. and when they got out, the th- it moves up and down a little bit. I love that. And then in the car, even though I noticed some oddities, and I don't want to diss on the game, so I'm not even going to bring them up, but there were some weird things going on when you were driving around. But one of the things that I thought was probably, at least to me, the most interesting was actually at the end, well, somewhat at the end, they park the car and he gets out and he pans across the city and you see, like, the cityscape, I guess. Yeah. Nothing we haven't seen... I I personally don't believe it's something... It's nothing we haven't seen before that looks worse right now. This looks to be better than that. But what I felt and noticed was little things like audio cues there. For example, like, on the left was the car, on the right was the open bay as they turn and you can actually hear cars changing their tone as he's moving because the sound occlusion and it sounds really stupid but to me that's the stuff that actually i notice where i'm like oh fuck because Mm -hmm. a game world like that imagine if it was silent dude wouldn't be half as fun absolutely i mean we've definitely experienced our share of audio books when reviewing games where where just (laughs) a moment goes silent and you're just like what the is happening yeah and, and everything's ruined right your entire atmosphere and that's one thing there were some issues i i wasn't in love with the shotgun i'll, I'll admit it plain up i thought the shotgun sounded horrid mm-hmm. but the the handguns and stuff i liked all those effects and there was one effect in particular that was oh man i talked about it in the video and i cannot remember but i remember one particular effect just going like oh like where your your, your ears sort of prick up and the hair on the back of your neck you're like ah i like that so I think that they've got a handle on the audio, too. And I think that that's probably, honestly, going to speak to me more. Yakuza, the new one, Kiwami 2, dude, you got to play it. Because the audio, you already know about the audio, because those games are yeah. sort of recreating the same thing. But when you get, like, the chatter of people and then the sound of machines and all that stuff, there's something so awe-inspiring about good sound. And oh, yeah. my, my hope is they nail it. Because I think a big part of it is, you know, maybe we're used to seeing the beautiful visuals, enjoying the the riveting gameplay, but there's something on, almost underneath the surface, behind closed doors, about the audio, like the unspoken hero, I think. Yeah. And I think that's why you and I, to a degree, really gravitate towards that um, that type of stuff. Did you, or... what'd you think about Evil Smoking Chick? 
She really set the tempo for the scene in a way. You know, she 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 backhands you, puts you on the ground when you're putting your hand out for a handshake, um, and then she she works you over at the end too. Uh, I was maybe very, I like it rough. <laughs> I was very interested in, in her. I'll, I'll say that much, man. I was I was really uh, I was really digging what what she was doing as a character because you don't even get her name. I don't think you get the I, leader of Militech, but you don't get her yeah. name. And I'm just like. This person seems pretty important, and she just worked me over. I'd like a name, please. Yeah. You know, yeah, Shit she like was that. she was awesome. Also, the guys with the, um, you go in to do the military the deal, and the guy's got his helmet with the six yeah. yellow lights. That shit, Crazy. that fucking helmet looked like, amazing. Scary too. Scary. Yeah, no, a bug almost bugs. That's yeah. bug eyes is what made me like. I loved his helmet, and I like their animations. And the guy in the back looking at Pornhub, as I said in my video, if you notice, they're doing their fucking, their, their gun deal. If you look in the back, there's a dude, like, with his feet up, arms crossed, watching a screen. And in yeah, my video, yeah, I was yeah. like, I think he, that he fucker's like, watching Pornhub. He was, like, running the, yeah, what the fuck did they Security, say? wasn't he? Yeah, or something, something like that. that. Yeah. Like, she actually looked at him, and, like, they gave you a name for what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, I uh, thought that was awesome. Uh, Jake K 1107 asked us, CD Projekt Red claims the game features a fluid class system. This could potentially mean there will be a variety of ways or a variety of different ways to develop your character. With that being said, what sort of skills or abilities are you hoping to see implemented? Is there any particular character builds that would be interesting to see? Same thing. I, I, wanna, I want the augments to matter in the narrative. That's all okay. that I can. Anything else? I don't know if the skills will impress me, but I would, I, dude, I'm telling you, if like you can put an eye in and you can like see somebody's wound or somebody's, um, like, like a military, uh, wound and you can, when you're talking to them, you can talk about it or something like you can be oh, like, wow. Hey man, I saw, I saw you limping, even though you're using your eye thing. And he's like, Hey, yeah, you also a war vet, that kind of stuff mm. would fucking set the tone for me because Games have tried it, and they've never. They, I would like say, almost doesn't feel natural. Yeah, it does. Exactly. There's a good. It doesn't feel, and it it feels. Yeah, handpick like just for that discussion, mm -hmm. right? But if you if the augments did it, I wouldn't care about the skills because I don't know if the skills are going to be anything. Because I the book is like plus one to strength, you know, like who gives a shit about that? Right. But if if augments allow for that kind of stuff, that's. That's what I care about. See, maybe it's because I got a Deus Ex feel for it when I was watching the gameplay, I, the city, the the yeah. world, the stats page. It just—I don't know why I kept thinking of Deus Ex. So for me, I noticed like there are really cool options to kill people. You're shooting people through yeah. walls, off walls. Walls was great. Blasting their legs off, blasting their head off, chopping them apart with these iron leg arms, like freaking Spider-Man from uh, Avengers. Um, did but, you notice that when you shot their head off, Maddie, they still talked, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. Oh, I, my, I, oh, oh, fuck my legs, even though his yeah, head's and his, completely uh, his gone. His head's gone and been gone for a yeah. while. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. He was like, Jesus Christ, my legs. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. I was like, what the fuck is happening? But anyway, go ahead. What was that? Um, uh, what I was getting at, though, was I, I'd love to see... A, like, I saw the strength skill, so I thought it would be really cool if it was, like, Deus Ex, where, you know, you got strength five, you can pick up a a, a, fridge, a refrigerator and move it, and it leads to different ways to solving quests. And in turn, what I'm looking for is more non-lethal options, which I imagine will be uh, accommodated for, but I feel like if this is a first-person game, that there has to be um, 
I guess, well, it doesn't matter if it's first person. It's a first person shooter. So I just imagine like stun guns, tranquilizer darts, uh, other, mm-hmm. I guess, cyberpunk related tech that I'm not aware of that could work as a, a non-lethal fashion. Um, because the game very much encouraged like make decisions based off, you know, should you fuck this person over? Should you not fuck them over? Right. Uh, can you engage in combat with this person now or later in the game? That type of stuff. And I want to see non-lethal options like, they they showed those in the conversations, by the way. But I'm talking about when I enter the area. Mm-hmm. They said that you know you could choose to go through the front door, uh, you could go in guns blazing. But I'd love to see the stealth approach because I'm more of a, you know, let's see how far we get before we get fucked, right? You yeah, know? exactly. And so I, I'd like to see options for that because it didn't seem right. like there were a, not that there weren't a lot. There was ones that you could creatively use, like you know taking over. Uh, you hack into that guy's mainframe and you control groups of guards and i'm sure you can manipulate that for some stealth gameplay she did do a quiet takedown but i'd like to see creative gadgets you know and and equipment that you could use in that universe to be a non-lethal player i would also like to see them this won't happen but so they talked about verticality being a big deal and uh, in the city which it looks like it is you can shoot through you can shoot through some walls we know of if I had the ability to up my strength and leap from the first floor through the floor of the second floor and attack somebody, I would quite literally give anybody who'd program that a BJ right now. <laughs> like, if, if imagine saying, like, okay, in some locations when they're made of this, you know, shitty flooring mm-hmm. and shitty walls, imagine you have a strength of 10 and you're able to fucking just lumberjack your way through the floor and that you know, you see a guy up there also shooting through floor, ceilings and floors we didn't see. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hoping they add that. Also, what if you turn up your strength and you can grab items and throw them through walls? Imagine grabbing that cool. fridge and tossing the fridge through the wall and smashing a bad guy, like going yeah. really loud. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is cool. is tailing on what we were talking about with humanity. We have to think, you know, that in the gameplay they have to account for you going from as human as you can be to pretty much a cyborg, you know, and, and how do you make the player feel like that where your arms are made of metal stamina is no longer a thing. Punching through a wall is not a problem. You're not going to punch it and be like, fuck, I just broke my hand. Like you have a a, a full on metal arm, you know, hypothetically speaking, how do you make the player feel like they've actually got that? I, I think those are things that they have to account for that maybe are, Maybe that's why there is a, such a long wait for this game because I think I feel those are ideas that you look at on paper. You're like, yes, 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 let's do this. And then when you actually sit down, you're like, oh fuck, you know, like. Imagine also AI, Maddie. Imagine you are. Let's say you become a cyborg and I don't. This mm-hmm. sort of this sort of piggybacks on prey for a second. But if you're one type of player and I'm not, imagine if the enemies outfit themselves with more stun batons that fuck up electronics but maybe don't fuck up a human as much. So mm-hmm. depending on how you Gear play Solid the game, 5. a little bit, me- that's exactly what we talked about earlier. Yeah. A little metal gear, solid five, a little adjustment to the player. And I don't mean a bunch. Cause if everybody just shows up with stun, whatever, then you can probably get away with it. But if, if you show up and it's like you there, you know, you hear them say like, it's a cyborg, get your fucking, you know, electro disruptors, Uber meringues. <laughs> and you're like, Yeah. <laughs> and you know that they're reacting to you, right. and then you play, and you're a human, and they're like, um, 
you know, go get the go get the normal guns for whatever reason, or you just notice them doing that. Uh-huh. I think those are the things that we might be. Wa- I think that might be why we're waiting till twenty twenty, right. because or t- end of twenty nineteen, because there is an AI requirement here that's so far beyond Witcher three. Because, dude, seriously, Witcher, what was Witcher three? You had a couple potions, and then you smashed somebody with the fucking doll end of a sword till they died. Mm-hmm. Like, that was pretty much it. Here, verticality, imagine if you're on the second level and you're shooting down. How's the AI going to handle, you know, do they go to the escalator? Yeah, there's a what lot more to they account for leap through? Yeah, yeah too. right. Yeah. Movement. Yeah, it, it, that, I'm excited for that. If, to, if that, oh, movement, yeah. How to keep it challenging when, like, you saw she was, like, dodging shots from that uh, Royce. You know, oh, the, true. Thing. Yeah. You know, how do you account for that when a player has it versus when he doesn't? There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. There's way more going yeah. into that than The Witcher for sure. 2020? Is that what you think? I think fall 2019. Like, because I, I, my guess is they're going to say summer 2019 and then they're going to delay it. That's, that's my guess. <laughs> but that won't be real. Yeah. Right. Uh, the first date I see, I'm not believing it. You know, I'll make <laughs> yeah, my video talking do about it, but I'm like, yeah, guys, I don't, I don't buy this. <laughs> if Battlefield is delayed, Maddie, anything can be delayed. Would yeah. you not agree? That's yeah. the, one of the biggest games of all time, just be, year over year. If they are delaying, you can bet anybody will. Mm-hmm. For sure. Last question comes from Just Lee Martin. Do you think Cyberpunk, or any game for that matter, can live up to these over 9,000 hype levels? No. Because it's like no. a part of your imagination to some extent, yeah. right? Like people, Here's the thing. Hype, hype is all good, in my opinion, if you're yeah. excited about what you see. And you're like, I like what I see. And that's it. You're yeah. not imagining... You know, we, we went on and speculated if I'm getting hyped over like, oh, dude, with that strength, if you could bust through the floors, that would be amazing. And when it's not there, you're like, this game sucks, right? Like, exactly. no, that, that's not good hype. But if you're excited about what you saw, I think like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I would agree. I think the only thing that, uh, yeah, it, bad expectations, right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem is when your expectations, like even what we've been talking about, I'm like, if that's great, if that's in there, it's going to be fantastic. But if it's not, whatever they put in could also be fantastic. Exactly. So as long as you can control that, it's yeah, it's probably Mm -hmm. the the biggest deal. I think you can never escape somebody being a cynical jackass, though. Oh God, yeah. Right. Like there's different blows, different strokes. Exactly. There's always going to be somebody who. I I heard somebody was like, "Witcher is a terrible game, and here's why." And you're like, "All right, whatever." Yeah. I mean. At some point, you're just like... I mean, that's that's, that's the think. internet. I, I just feel like it's such a big platform. Anyone can have a voice where a lot of people I, sometimes will just be very shocked at what they see. You know, there's an opinion, a counterpoint for absolutely everything. I feel <laughs> there out there. Is, there Every is. opinion can be countered, and, and it's just like... You're never is it crazy, winning. Maddie? <laughs> you've got... What's that uh, say on your shirt? Incinerate? Yeah, uh... So, so you've got for, Fallout, uh, right? No, Bioshock. The or plans. Bioshock. So somebody could do a video just about you wearing that shirt, and they would find an audience. And that's what's – it's awesome, but it's mm-hmm. actually in vaguely creepy at times <laughs> where you're just like, really? There's yeah, – but you can and, – and that's a shirt, let alone an entire game and let alone a game that's two years out. They've got a lot of expectations. Absolutely, yeah. And, I would and hate hype, to be hype them. is high after The Witcher Three, man. Like they really yeah. 
won people over with the DLC, with the yep. free DLC on top of that, I should mention, um, with their very transparent approach to gaming um, and creating games, rather, where I feel like, yeah, expectations are going to be through the freaking roof. And there are going to end up, in turn, people being disappointed disappointed you know it's gonna happen and and but if you're listening to this and you like what you saw be excited about it i think it's very much worth being excited about just make sure it's it's about what you saw not what you're thinking of and the what ifs and what whens yeah anyway great discussion there let's shift it over carrick you mentioned battlefield let's talk about the delay so this information comes from the official battlefield Website. Over the summer, we've had tens of thousands of players get their hands on the game during our closed alphas and at E3 and Gamescom, where we were honored to receive the awards for best multiplayer games at both shows. You know, just just in case you were doubting the game, right? (laughs) Uh, You have told us that you are seeing an increased focus on squad play come through. You are also feeling the difference in our revamped player movement, and we are getting a lot of positive feedback on our improving weapons handling. You've also spurred us to make some meaningful improvements to the core gameplay experience, including adjusting the gameplay tempo, improving soldier visibility, and reducing friction. You'll see a lot of this reflected in our open beta that starts September 6th. We believe we have one of the best Battlefield games ever on our hands, a game that will deliver on an emotional journey through the return of unseen single-player war stories. No! I didn't know that! (laughs) A deep multiplayer experience battle royale along with our new live service, Tides of War, a journey across multiple theaters of World War II and designed to keep our community together. With the open beta just around the corner, we are excited about the millions of you who will join us and experience the game and we fully expect to see even more feedback coming our way. That's why we're moving our launch date. We're going to take the time to continue to make our final adjustments to the core gameplay and to ensure we really deliver on the potential of Tides of War. This delayed date is November 20th, 2018. We know moving the launch date means that we'll have to wait a little longer, but we're going to take our time to make sure we get it right. Thank you for your continued support and passion. We can't wait to see you on the battlefield in just a few days. So, got our got ourselves a nice delay here. Um, I I did not know about the war stories, but um, I gotta say this Tides of War sounds like something I heard about for Battlefront Two. Correct me if I'm wrong. That Battlefront Two had like a you know an idea of how to they wanted to do I think like challenges or or something happening every month to keep the community engaged because they're like the big issue with Battlefront One was. We had this title that sold supremely well, but no one stayed after like two weeks. It was dead. Um, and I don't know why it sounds familiar, but uh, part of it could be because they had some mode in Battlefield 1, which I know you went to multiple parts of the yeah. map, right? Yeah. So I think it's a combination of, of that, which sounds familiar. But what do you think of this delay? It's in it's in a, a a point in the year now where it's not too cluttered. It's only competition now seems yeah. to be Fallout seventy six actually, <clears throat> and Red Dead technically just yeah. if people it, it depends on when the online for Red Dead comes out right. Like if the online for Red Dead is like GTA where mm. it takes six months, then there's no there's no competition in that route. But for me, I two things: one, delay it all you want. I think that's great. I I I I. I can rarely say a game's ever been worse after a delay. So that's Absolutely. great. 
Um, I think that this is probably one of the messiest, if not the messiest, release I've ever seen of a game, though. And what I mean yeah, by that is... it's been a messy one. It's been a mess, and I really do feel like they only have themselves to blame, because if you're running around like a Conor McGregor of video games, and you're like, best that ever fucking came, best that ever was, and then you get your ass kicked, or... Or you don't look good, people call you on that. And I think that's what they did. They're like hyper-realistic. They have some guy come out. I can't remember his name. He's a comedian, but they he comes out. They do that big hour-long demonstration where they have people sitting around, and they're like, this is going to be the most realistic battlefield ever, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing you see is tanks falling from the sky and airplanes crashing because somebody shot them with a machine gun. And a lot of gamers were confused. They were just Absolutely. confused. I mean, I, the, a number of people I talked to were like, listen, I actually like Battlefield, but I have no fucking clue I have no clue what I just saw. Like, it's it, it's not even a good vertical snippet. It, if they had shown a mission, it would have been much better. But instead, they were just yeah. like, action, action, action. From, so to me, it's just a messy release. Just a messy Yeah, from, from what I've heard and seen, it seems like the game is fun. The game is solid, but that it's just a PR disaster. You know, it's like they just... Yeah. I feel like that's been a... You know, can, can we talk about that for a sec? I feel like that's been something with Dice for a while now i feel like we're always talking every year around this time of how something's going sour with them you know last year was battlefront 2 i believe battlefield 1 that was 2016 right and i'm yeah. pretty sure rubber banding was a thing no no i'm sorry 2016 was the year dice was winning because like everyone was like saying fuck call of duty we want to go back dice took it back to battlefield 1 so that was the year they were winning but then Battlefront 1 in 2015 was a really big failure. So three out of four years. And I just feel like we're always talking about something bad going wrong with DICE. Is it just yeah. me? No, I don't think it's just you. It's that sometimes I don't think what people think is bad is bad right. to me. So, like, I get where you're – I do get where you're coming from, and it, it feels like the same thing. It, COD and Battlefield have this. <laughs> But here's the problem, Maddie. They have it because they create expectations on yearly releases. It's the True. only time you'll ever hear me say these guys might actually be benefited if they didn't do a yearly release, which I've never been against yearly releases, but it seems like every expectation is from the last game. And it's like everybody thinks the last game, the best parts of the last game, should be added to the best parts of the game prior should be added to the best part and you're at some point you're like that's not even feasible like that and and then they add all this weird shit on top of it and it just becomes really confusing like i don't even remember yeah. battlefield one when it came out i think did it did well and it was fun and i don't remember why people left and then you have star wars battlefront which comes out does terribly because of microtransactions and just i got I don't, a roadmap now for dlc just got a roadmap for DLC. These kind of big games, I think, they, I sometimes think that they push this seasonal thing too much. And instead, it's like, you know what? Put it out there. Put some great upfront content. Sort of watch. But instead, it's like everything's planned in this yeah. weird way. And it, it's, it becomes confusing because I don't even know what I'm going to get day one. Let alone, like, what I mean is I would have to go look at the ultimate unbelievable gamer edition and even know what levels I was going to get in some of these mm -hmm. games. Um, I, I feel like those two in particular, COD and Battlefield, are in dire straits because of that. COD, maybe less so. I know some people like the demo, but I didn't get a chance to play it. Did you? 
for Call of Duty? Yeah, the new Call of Duty beta. Oh, did you the get beta, a chance to yes. jump in? Yes, I did. What I, did you think of that? Even though it's off topic. No, I, it's I, fine. I, I actually enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was, okay. Yeah, I'd heard people had. Because I, for me personally, I like my boots on the ground. Uh, I was never a fan of the jump jet wall running stuff uh, <laughs> right <laughs> i know we disagree on that but i i just never liked it i liked my boots mm-hmm. on the ground uh part of it is definitely my background as a call of duty player i i, I played competitively right. so for me like i i always say it i'll say it again i like to beat in the people's head i'm like it took call of duty from twitch shooter to like beyond that which is just unfeasible sure. reaction times um but anyway, <laughs> it is true. Unfeasible reaction times is yeah. a good way of putting it. And, and I like how in in Black Ops Four there was the health bar. Um, they got rid of drop shotting. Um, there were a couple other tweaks that were just minor that I was like, you know what, I like that. And and when I played yeah. it, I wasn't pissed. I was just enjoying it. Um, which I've tried to do with Call of Duty these past few years. It's yeah. just enjoy for what it is. You know, I'm not going to yeah. create these unrealistic expectations like I did in high school. Like we were talking about where, you know, we didn't know Call of Duty was being developed for three years. We think they have one year, they're making the game, so whatever we right. saw in the last game is coming into the next one. No, they got different ideas, things get implemented later, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it, but this one I'm, I'm looking forward to. I, I, it, I went from, like, I'm not picking this up at all to I'm going to give this a look, and then the Blackout beta for the Battle Royale is going to kind of be my deciding factor. I'm going to see, because I know I like zombies. So that's mm-hmm. that's point right. one. I enjoyed the multiplayer. I know I have friends who will want to play game battles, so that's point two. So just the last part of the package has to be solid, and I'll, I'll be okay. giving it a look. So I liked gotcha. it. Uh, I really should try to play the Battlefield Five beta. As someone who has enjoyed Battlefield games supremely in the past, and I love World War II, but you know, I'd, I'd, I always go back to the example. I hear people and in, in saw in the trailer people talking about um, like a robotic arm. Or something like that. Yeah, what one of the main characters has a prosthetic. Yeah, all right, and 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 it just that definitely uh, that threw me off because I didn't know if that was like that. That's been a point of contention. I just like I said, I, I I'm hesitant to speak on this topic always because I I don't know enough about it. Um, and I have to do my research and I have to play the game before I really feel I can even speak on it. Um, but we do have questions, questions that we can go over right now. So, Heretic Shark asks. Do you think that with the delay of Battlefield 5, they will have grand operations in the game at launch, unlike what was originally planned with them adding it later? So they delay the game uh, about a month, I believe it was. Um, and in turn, people feel like the roadmap can now be accommodated for and added into the main game. I personally feel like the question was answered in the official statement. They said right here... Uh, they're moving their launch date to take time to make final adjustments to the core gameplay and ensure they really deliver on the potentials of Tides of War, uh, gameplay tempo, soldier visibility, reduced player friction. That'll be in the open beta. So I, it doesn't sound like they're doing this to add content. I think they're doing this to fine-tune, but I also feel like they're doing it to, to buy themselves a, a place where they can escape Red Dead, Call of Duty, but also, you know, the thing is, is that when those games come out, they are they are they are gonna hog the the, the front page of every single yeah. site, and just releasing in there is is dangerous. It truly um, is. We saw it with Titanfall, right? When it yeah. released near Battlefield, and it was like Titanfall. What's that? Uh, I also think that 
No, I don't think they'll add anything. I think it is just a month for them to adjust stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I also, it, it, oh, I think once again, not heretic. He wasn't speaking towards this. But I think, yeah. unfortunately, some people will assume that that's what it means. Is that like a bunch more is going to be added. Mm-hmm. And personally, I would rather have them not. And the reason why is fix what you have. Yep. Fix what you had planned releasing. Make that shit sing, man. Make it. You know, if people are saying player friction and the you know things that some of us don't even say very much, player friction sounds a little mm-hmm. sexual to me. It's like when you first said it, I was like, "What?" But I know what they're talking about now. So you have those things. Let them fucking fix it. Let them delay it. But I do also believe some of this is PR speak because they are eighty-five percent lower on their pre-orders than expected. Correct. That is insane. Maddie, that's insane. 85%. That's like Capcom numbers, where Capcom's like, Resident Evil 7 is going to sell 800 million copies. And everybody's like, what the fuck? Where do you do math? That I don't know how they misjudge that so bad, but I think that's also a reflection of PR, reflection of the prosthetic that you mentioned, because I don't think as many people are bothered by you know, because you saw the women in gaming thing, where people are like, there's oh, there's women. Well, yeah. and then you have like war vets saying, "Dude, I fought with a, uh, you know, I fought next to a woman." Blah blah blah. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't care about that stuff at all. It's great that they want to add it, but they Same. did sit and say in the fucking video, they're like most realistic, blah blah blah. And then you have prosthetics and weird things going on. Yeah, so I remember us having this discussion a while ago, and I did not did. know that. And I, I remember you just you just saying like, "But Maddie, like people are freaking out about the historical accuracy." That's what it was. Okay, yeah, because you can't say that. you and you shouldn't, right? If you and I had done PR for this, first of all, I would never have had such a big event because I think the game sells itself if it's good, uh, you know, and, and if it's Battlefield, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to have Trevor Noah Noah Trevor is that his name. That comedian, he came out and he did their first. When they showed it, he sat down. Oh, was this at E3? It might have been, yeah. And they had that big showing, and it was like they just kept saying, it we're going to show. It sounds like a, 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 sorry to cut you off, but it just sounds like an oh, E3 no. thing from EA, right? It does. Like bring out the celebrity. I, I think you're probably right, or it was right after. And the thing is, is like, I think that most gamers respond to the game versus the PR as much. And then as the game continues year to year, it's even less about the PR and more about the game. So to me, it would have been much better if they had just said, hey, here's our take on a goofy war two and just let people go in. And it's odd that the first one, they didn't push authenticity near as much, and it was much more realistic than robotic friends in in this one. It's just very odd. Very odd PR. Yeah, because it's like me, you, you, you and I are in my kitchen, and I say, man, I love having for every lunch PB&J, and I pull out a burger and start putting fucking ketchup on it or something like that, and you're just like, it's like a difference of what you're talking about versus what you're seeing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's, and, and, it, and then it confuses the entire conversation, because everybody's like, okay, the expectations are not... Mm-hmm. they're not only not met, but you can question yourself. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's happened to me for sure, where I'll be playing a game, and I have to look back at the PR going like, how did I misconceive what this game is going to be? Oh, yeah. Like, I'll th- or, or I'll think it's a 3D game or something, and I'll email the developer, be like, hey, man, want to cover your game? They're like, yeah, I'd love you to cover it. And then you look at it, it's a 2D fucking your bullet hell. And you're like, how the fuck? <laughs> 
And you find out the name is slightly different, right? It's like yeah. Eden's, Eden's Bird and fucking Birdman or whatever. And you're all, oh, wrong game. Yeah. And I feel like everybody's saying that right now about Battlefield. They're like, wrong game. Mm-hmm. And it, it's confusing to the consumer. Very confusing. It's interesting in the same year with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, though, because that's a game that's like True. really different from what Assassin's Creed is known for. It's like yeah. no assassins in this game. And yet people are really <laughs> pumped for it. You know, uh, it, it's wild. It's wild. A hundred hour story, Maddie. Huh? Let's. Uh, how about I give you my save game and you play fifty hours and I yeah, play fifty yeah, hours. Yeah, we'll we'll do a dual <laughs> review. Well, I'll be. Dude, that. that's insane. It's, I I saw your video and yeah. I'm just like, who the fuck thought a hundred hours? I I hope it's great. All yeah, I can so say, if I. it is, that's... it's going to be the best thing. Yeah, so do I. Uh, last question for this topic, Kopi. As kind of what we were discussing earlier, but it's good to incorporate. Do you guys think Battlefield 5's delay is due to EA avoiding comp- competitive titles such as COD and Red Dead Redemption 2 based off the reports of BF5's pre-orders being staggering behind, have been staggering behind, or perhaps is it developmental issues slash delays? Maybe a mix of both. I'd say both. Both. Yeah. High five. All right. Exactly. Next. Internet topic. bro fist. <laughs> Next topic, we're going to talk about Onimusha. Onimusha Warlords, the first entry, if you guys are not familiar with the series, uh, will be getting HD re-release. So, the following information comes from Timothy Sapala on Engadget. Stop me if you've heard this before. One of Capcom's defining series during the PlayStation 2 era is getting remastered for modern hardware. No, it's not Resident Evil again. This time, it's Onimusha Warlords. Am I saying it right, Onimusha? Yes. Well, that's how I pronounce it. I okay. should say there's no guarantee. I'm we're going right. to we're gonna sit in our hog box here and pretend we're pronouncing it right. Yeah, exactly. The port features widescreen display options, fixed camera angles, countless sword fights, and remastered visuals throughout for the character, cinematics, and environments, according to the PlayStation blog. In addition to the PlayStation 4, the Samurai Tale will be released for the Switch, PC, and Xbox One as well, not too far from Capcom's other retro project, Resident Evil 2. Whereas the classic zombie tale is scheduled to be released July 25th next year, Warlords will be out January 15th. Speaking of Resident Evil, Capcom says that like the recent re-release of Resident Evil Zero, Warlords will feature an option for analog stick-directed movement. So I've never played uh, Onimusha. And I apologize for my loud dog. I feel like we can never get through a podcast episode without this fucking mutt. Oh. No, it's not your dude or mine. I've got their city. That's here true. It's, it's usually one of us. Like this time, yeah, your dogs yeah. have been silent as hell, and it's they my dog's been. turn. <laughs> they have been making sure he's alive. Um, so I I'll have a question for, for you, Maddie, because I'm very confused. Oh, and here I am going to ask you a question. But the reason why I was going to ask you is they, it, when it comes to remake or remaster or HD re-release, which one is this truly? Because I think when yes. you just answered, you had two different. So, uh, um, my headline I made sure to write HD re-release, re-release, because a lot re-release. of people say HD remaster. Folks, when you remaster a game, it's like doing yeah. the whole shit over again. Huge difference from HD re-release, which is let's bump up the resolution for modern consoles, and put the same PS2 game out there. So, yes, it is a HD re-release, as evident by the, um, where is it, Uh, widescreen display options, uh, the new camera angles, a lot like Shenmue 1 and 2, which came out, that was an HD re-release. You know, the game is fit to widescreen televisions now. Um, 
It came with its own set of bugs. Um, yes, it did. It, it didn't really tweak the camera angles or the movement in that game, but I still am enjoying it. But damn, it is, it is flawed. Ancient. It is and flawed. it feels ancient as yeah, fuck. Anyway, like, let's. Oh. Uh, I could talk about that for hours. But yeah. um, so on this game, I don't know about you. Don't you wish? And maybe this is just me wanting my druthers, but don't you wish it was a remake? Because some of these games age poorly. <laughs> like, control-wise especially, Shenmue, to give an example, compared to Yakuza, which Shenmue is obviously the originator of Yakuza. Yakuza is like oh, the continuation. So I mean, obvious. we yeah, we, that, that's fairly obvious. And you play Shenmue, and then you play Yakuza, and you're like, it's a fucking completely different... I mean, it doesn't even feel like it exists in the same world mm-hmm. because of the control scheme. Don't you sort of wish if they were going to do these at all? I mean, unless they sell it for five bucks, I feel I and 20. I wish twenty is a good price. For I saw this. twenty dollar pre order. They mentioned something in the article about that. I'll look it up. I just, I, I just think that games like this, it, if you're going to do it, it'd be great to have a remake. It'd be great for somebody to go in and adjust. If they're adjusting the camera angles, then adjust that control because that game's control was not the best. Um, Those are the kind of things I sort of, especially as I look on games I like, because you're getting older now too, where now you can look back at a KOTOR and say, that's an old game. It's my favorite game, but it's an old game. $20, by the way. $20. Um, For example, let's say I told you I'm remaking KOTOR. Uh, Sorry. Let's say I told you I'm going to redo KOTOR, even though we already got an HD. You would, I think you would much rather have a remade one where that core could be adjusted, the control could be improved, than just a, a HD up-res. I would take the re-release first, because before they tamper with it, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's something about You, you want to see love. it at the higher graphics? Yeah, I want to see it brought back, and then let's talk remaking the whole thing, because, you know, the reason... I see where you're coming from, but I, I feel the reason why some of these games get re-released is, okay, let's bring back this classic that people yeah. adore, and let's make it compatible with modern hardware, whereas right. when you remake it, I mean, that's a whole new game. That could be a new... That could be a sequel to something else or whatever. I think it's a pretty big dedication. I think re-releases are, are relatively harmless in a way. Gauge the audience and then see if a remake is worth it, because if people like it, you know, let's say people buy the $20 Onimusha Warlords, it's a PS2 version, they like it, and then Capcom goes, we're remaking that now, and it's called just Onimusha. People will just buy it anyway. Here's you know? what here's what bothers me, though. If you just bought an HD up-res of KOTOR, and then a year later they tell you there's a remake of KOTOR, right. that bothers me, because okay. that feels like... I, what if I just played KOTOR? <laughs> like, I, I KOTOR's a bad example because I'd play it again. But yeah, let's say there was, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good example. Let's say there's a game, I like Jade Empire, let's say Alpha Protocol, another made by Obsidian, a game that has a number of issues. If they updated that um, HD-wise, that'd be great. But if they did that and then a year later said, we're remaking it, I think I'd be mad. I'd be like, well, why didn't you just fucking remake it? Because just because mm-hmm. somebody bought the up-res doesn't mean they're going to spend another 20 right. or 30 to buy that remaster. So I see where you're coming from, but to mm-hmm. me, I guess it depends on the game, too. This is an ancient game, so it probably makes more sense for them to touch base with fans and see, 
But the thing is, right. is how do you sell that to a new person, Maddie? Like, if you've never played it, how do I say? Because it's going to feel fucked up. Like, See, how do you sell somebody Shenmue if it controls like shit? I think the way you sell Shenmue is two ways. Number one, you got three coming out next year. So I feel well, like... Well, that sort of sells it, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, okay, you want to get caught up on the story. I think that sells a lot of re-releases. It's like, for, for example, I bought the Bayonetta uh, re-release just because I wanted to re-experience it before three. Two, just, or before three, right. Yeah, and it's just something with me and how I game. I know not everyone's that way. The other thing I could sell people with on Shenmue would, would be the combat's aged really well, in my opinion. It's amazing that this game was on a Dreamcast. I'll just I'll say that much. I mean, there is a lot going on underneath the hood. Uh, the, the, the world feels so alive. Like, it's amazing. Not even just like, okay, this is a Dreamcast game, but like compared to games nowadays, games that have hub worlds, things feel more interconnected in Shenmue in many ways. You know, people got their daily schedules. They have different things to say on different days based off the weather, the point you are in the right. story, side quests you're on, the, the mini games. Like, you can see the origin, like we were talking about with a, with a Yakuza. You can really see, like, where games drew inspiration from. You can see how impactful it is. So uh, that's how I would try to sell Shenmue. But, you know, I, back to Onimusha, this is a game that I feel would probably benefit more... Um, you know, because I I've never played it, but I feel it would benefit right. more if they were like, here's a, the Onimusha reboot, we'll call it, which is really common. Like, okay, they had a, I think they had a trilogy or something like that back yeah. on the PS2. That did its thing. It's a known name. So re-release this one in between now and when the the, the reboot comes out. I think that works out really well with fans. Gotcha. Um, but then you can do it other ways. I look at. Resident Evil 7, and now they're doing, they they went back and did Resident Evil 1, doing 2, you know, and it's just like, okay, you know, they're, they're just, they're giving people more Resident Evil at that point, and that's what they want. It's, it takes a lot of uh, research on the market, I feel, to, to really gauge where they're at and what's the right move for those types of games. Yeah, uh, yeah I can see that. Dan had asked us, would you... Uh, would sticking to the original Onimusha control scheme uh, for the remaster hurt the game in the long run? I can only imagine Capcom are trying to test the waters with this game, and I can only see the OG actually buying it if they keep the original scheme. So they did mention analog stick-directed movement, but yeah, have you, you've played Onimusha, right? Years ago, but yeah. Yeah, so dragon from the scraps of memories of that game, if there are any. <laughs> what What's the movement like? Where you know, for me, I imagine you moved with the analog stick anyway. What? How did you originally move? Yeah, you did. But the thing is, is it did feel like Shenmue in the fact that it feels cumbersome. Okay. So back then, it wasn't cumbersome, right? Because yeah. we had just, we had really just started getting analog controllers. Like you know, we had come sure, from sure. a Sega Sega Genesis and shit. So um, I think Sega Saturn had an analog for Sega Knights. And then we had your PS1, yeah, and your yeah, and that's when we started getting analogs. So, um, it 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 feels like the difference between old Resident Evil and new, and I think that's why I'm a little nervous about it. And All it's right. funny he mentioned it because obviously, I guess I'm not the only one because I thought I'd be the only one going, uh oh, I don't know if you want that movement scheme. So hopefully, what what Capcom does if they do nothing else is offer the two types of movement, OG. Just like they've done with some of the Resident Evils. It's like, okay, 
you want to control like a tank because that's the way it feels right to you, feel free. But we're also going to offer a more fluid movement. Mm -hmm. And those are Japanese ninja samurai style games. So to me, the more fluid, the better. Because here's another problem, Maddie. There's a lot of competition right now, dude. Yeah. And so to me, just samurai. It's the year of the samurai. Not only that, it's a year of what looks like a slick ass group of samurai. Uh-huh. So it's like if, if you want if you want to nail it, then upres your game, but make it feel good so that people, not just right. the crunchy people, like it. Because I like, for example, I love Sega Knights, but if I played it now, I'd be like, mm. but if they adjusted some things, mm-hmm. then not only could I like it, but I could say, hey, Maddie, this feels current. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of games don't it's graphically don't bother me as much. It is the movement that bothers me. I find that in games, we talked about this with another game we're reviewing, movement matters. Like how do you move? And if it feels slick, I can give up a lot. Like if I don't feel like the game's fighting me, I w- that then I'm going to enjoy it a lot more. And Absolutely. I just feel like th- that game needs that. That's yeah. just me. Because you fight enough enemies in the game, the last thing you need to do is fight against your controller. Um, exactly. The amount of times exactly. In, in Shenmue, I've, I've run into a wall. I've, I've turned to Oh, wide. dear God. You know, it happens. And, or, like, I, I, I try to, like, go through the doorway, and it's not like nowadays where you get close enough to the doorway, you get, like, a foot in, and it'll just fade yeah. to black. It's like you got to square yourself up with the door, walk forward, you know. Right. And when you're inside Rio's house and – it's got these fucking, it's just so cluttered because it's like all these hallways are like this narrow. Yep. It, it's, it's yeah. And, you know, some of these games do show their age. And uh, I think there's a good way to strike the balance of like, okay, let's not touch this up too much to lose yeah. what is so valuable to fans, but let's make this more accessible. Let's make this kind of what we would have hoped to make it nowadays yeah, back then. They did say new, you read new camera angles, right? Yeah, new camera angles, widescreen display options. Or I'm sorry, fixed camera angles. So I have a question for you then. You played, what's the earliest Resident Evil you played? I have played five, six, seven, and Revelations. I... My audio died. There we go. <laughs> so um, have you played, you haven't played one or two? No. Uh, two, okay. My first time playing 2 will be... Um, On the remake? Yep. Um, what about Code Veronica? Did you play... Now, I was talking to my friend about that, because I remember you saying like you loved that one. If you were to remake one, it would be that one. Was that the one that was on the Wii? It was on the... I don't know. I had it on the Dreamcast. It was one of the first Sega versions okay. of Resident Evil. Because I was thinking um, of uh, the one on the Wii where you like... It, it was on rails, and you'd, like, aim at your screen with the... No, 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 no. Sh- okay. Mm-hmm. No, Code one. Veronica is a normal Resident Evil, but they added... It was the first game to add a quick turn. So you'd be tank controls, but you could push a button and go... Whoop, and you could turn real quick. Sorry, I should put my camera... Or my <laughs> finger in the camera. Um, I, the reason why I was asking is because, like, would you have a higher chance of buying some... You know Resident Evil controls just because I'm sure you've heard people talk about the tanky yeah. controls. So if I said Resident Evil 1's gonna look 8k it's gonna be amazing but if i said the controls were gonna be modernized wouldn't do you think that you would have a higher chance of getting that yeah because i remember when they they did like i think it was an hd remake of one of the i think it was resident evil one correct me if i'm wrong and 
it had the fixed angles and it had the tanky movement. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to play that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, that's actually a perfect example right there. So, yeah, if the movement's accessible, it's less tanky, then that makes all the difference to me. It's it's so it it's so much about interaction on those games too. Mm-hmm. And Onomosha is the same way. There's also another game, sword fighting game, where one one hit one kill. Um, oh man, I can't believe I can't it's remember the name world. of that. Uh, it's a PS2 game, but they were gonna remake it, I think. Or there's a spiritual successor coming out. Oh shoot, I can't remember the title. But it was cool. one where, yeah, it was like a virtual fighter style, but it was like one hit you had samurai swords wow. and it was all about blocking and then getting an opening and yet the controls back then for were pretty honor it, on steroids <laughs> it, it, exactly exactly but for honor having better control i just right. feel like i just feel like any remake right now of almost any game the first thing they need to look at is control because Dude, they, I mean, they just they weren't that good. I mean, I know people love playing those games, but when you really feel them, dude, uh, Yakuza, it feels so slick. Right. I mean, Shenmue's great. It's got a real, you're absolutely right, it's a, a phenomenal title. Mm-hmm. But that control still bothers me. Absolutely. I turned it on a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, my God! Like, the yeah, bugs. it's hard. It's hard. To... I, the bugs, I was like, eh. But, yeah, that control, you're just like, Everything yeah, you're, you're feels like with the controller. You're like this fucking way. <laughs> yeah, you like the uh, you like the combat in Shenmue, though, huh? You, you you're enjoying that now. I, I I do. I I really thought between like you know having options like sidestepping, pressing triangle, right. and like you just catch their foot and you like deflect them down, throw moves, um, the the punching the kicking combinations. It, it had a, it has a level of depth that depth. I'm sorry of any game of that time there, there's nothing else that compares to it it the way i look at it is when i go back to i'd say 90 percent of old games i'm like okay this isn't as good as i remember it's showing its wear and tear and shenmue definitely does in its own ways but it's combat absolutely i don't think does whatsoever i think so the training i think the kind of life sim stuff combining yeah. that with the the fighting um, the seventy man battle. Oh my gosh! Like you know, just epic moments like that. I love. So the I have combat. a question for you. Have you ever done Virtual Fighter? Four on the PS2 for any any systems. Oh, okay, four. Because I don't know if you know, but that's where the fighting for Shenmue started. Was really? Virtual Fighter? Yeah, the because those all Sega teams and Sega helped them. Uh, the Sega teams helped them make the fighting for Virtual Fighter and Akira in Virtual Fighter handles and controls a lot like rude or what what's his name rio. uh in shenmue rio thank you in shenmue and uh so i was just wow. wondering because what you were talking about with the sidestepping i we were playing virtual fighter last weekend and that's like my favorite move is the sidestep and it dawned on me i had forgotten that was in shenmue i completely yeah, forgotten and that that is one of the best parts of shenmue when you get in and you start like messing around with the combat system mm-hmm. even though i admit there's one character. Is it the first one where you fight the old guy in the playground, uh, or or a park? I don't remember much of the second one, but I don't remember that in the you first don't one. Remember so that far. In the first one? Do you get a, in a fight in an arcade with an old guy, or like a pool? Uh, uh, I think uh, in like the first game? one you fight someone in like a pool room. Maybe that's the one. I got my ass stomped, like 
religiously in that. Like it was a coming to God moment. It, I think <laughs> it was that one. I mean, I'm not lying. Like I, I, I think that was the first time I ever broke a controller. First oh or second. Or, yeah. Yeah. God I, damn. I got to go back and play all that. Yeah, man. Because uh, for me, I, it, it was like playing it now. It's so cool because, it, it, like I said, as, on the terms of design, it's fascinating. And when you even look at back then where it's like, whoa, this game accounts for like yeah. real time. You have to train, weather. you have to sleep, yeah, weather. I mean, you got to you got pretty much a fighting game inside all of that. Like back then, yeah. man, I'm telling you, like as you know, obviously, but to those who are listening, like it was unfucking heard of. Like it was unheard yeah. of and they did it well. Like it's aged well. Uh, you know, they they did the little tweaks that made it more accessible in Shenmue though. They just got a bug stomp like Back then, you had to run back to your house and run back the town every single time, and it could wear on the player. Whereas this game, you're out till whenever, sends you back home, and then when you leave your house, it asks you where you want to fast travel to. So you don't yeah, got to okay, run gotcha. across the whole hub world, and it makes it a lot easier. Obviously, it helps load times are quicker, shit like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And our last topic is a secret announcement from CD Projekt Red as they quietly revealed Thronebreaker The Witcher Tales. The following information comes from Ashish Isaac of Gaming Bolt. It looks like Thronebreaker The Witcher Tales is going to be the next Witcher game. It's based on the popular Gwent card game that was included in The Witcher 3 and was going to receive a standalone game of its own, which is still coming. And though it was originally planned to be a part of that, it has seemingly expanded so much in scope that the developers have decided to make it, enti- make it a entirely separate standalone game. If you wanted another fully-fledged Witcher game, then you may be disappointed. However... If you liked Gwent in The Witcher 3, then there's no reason you won't enjoy this. The game will be an RPG with a 30-hour story campaign, and all the main gameplay will be surrounded with Gwent matches. Given the excellent writing that CD Projekt Red is known for, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be great to explore more stories connected to the world of The Witcher, and it should be interesting to see how they contextualize all that around dot 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 a card game. And then Tanner Francis asks what a lot of people are asking, what the fuck is Thronebreaker? I still don't understand, actually. So my question to you is, what is Throne? I don't get it. Right. Is it a three is it Witcher? Is so, it a 3D? At the point of people watching this show, uh, there's a video coming out on Monday for it tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. I have full dedicated coverage on it. Pretty much what Thronebreaker the Witcher Tales is. It, there was an announcement around this time last year of a story mode in Gwent called Thronebreaker because Gwent got its own standalone mode. So the card game for the Witcher was its own playable thing. And now they are adding story mode and it has like cell shaded graphics. It looks really cool. Um, they released a teaser. I think they said it was coming the year 2017. They delayed it. They went silent on it. And now they've announced just now that it's become its own thing. And they said it's an RPG first, a card game second, which I thought was really, really intriguing. The fact that it's 30 hours long, I was like, how the fuck, man? But uh, I'm, I'm really keen to see what they do with it because they had talked about, like, we're going to do more Witcher games, just not The Witcher 4. And here's, like, right. the first step, a spinoff. And I said to people in the video, um, you know, pretty much, this is going to get the Elder Scrolls Skyrim treatment. They're going to try to keep the Witcher 
ser- or I'm sorry, the treatment for Elder Scrolls after Skyrim. They're going to try to keep the series alive while they work on other shit um, with little spin-offs like this. However, um, the the big difference is, for example, Elder Scrolls, people just wanted more ES and not in the form of a card game where it works for The Witcher. It had a card game. It became very popular. They released Gwent. People were happy about that. And so a story mode that's RPG-focused tied to that actually may work in its benefit and stand out a lot more. But uh, I'm curious about your thoughts on this expansion because it happened like right after um, or around Cyberpunk's gameplay reveal. So they just, they Battlefield uh, Titanfalled it. Titanfalled it. Yeah, they just put them on top of each other. Is it a 3D game like Witcher though? Or is it, I guess I don't understand. What will it look like? Will it look like Witcher or is it going to look like Gwent? So... It is. It looks very much based off the story teaser that they released last year, and the art style in Gwent. It is cel shaded. It looks a lot like uh, a Telltale game. It looks okay. a lot like that. Um, okay. I, you don't see any gameplay, but you see what a cutscene would look like, and it looks really cool. It fits the grittiness of the Witcher world, but hmm. um, the way I think it'll work if it's RPG first and um, card game second is that I feel. You'll be able to walk around in this world. You'll be able to talk to people, make choices. And then when the the battle ensues or the gameplay starts, it is a card game. Yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. I mean, to me, I don't know about you. I think when it comes to Witcher 3, you probably like it even more than I do. Uh, And I like it, but I'm not in love with it. I wasn't a big fan of uh, Gwent, strangely enough, like everybody else was. Uh, and I know it's obviously a good game. I, I played it in The Witcher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And then that was it. I just sort of moved on from there. Um, I agree that what you're saying, though, what they're doing is like, here's a little snippet, here's a little snippet while we do this other stuff. But I have a, I have a different question for you. Do you feel that maybe there's, after Cyberpunk, then there's a Witcher 4, like, and they're trying to keep that fiction alive? Uh, they said they're not going to do The Witcher 4. They, well, they, they... I, I I call it that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, like a uh, Bioshock and or a My- Mass Effect Andromeda kind of thing. Yeah, I, I imagine they're going to. Gotcha. The speculation I've noticed is like they're going to do a series on Siri, which you know maybe like have her be the primary one, which I'm not against, but I, I feel like, uh, you know, what else could they really do? Um, what other stories are there to tell? I'm not super well versed. Like there are people out there who have read the Witcher books and played right, the game, right. studied lore. So I'm not going to sit here and, and and shoot from the hip on on what the hell could happen yeah. next in the main in a main series. But uh, I, I just know a lot of people have said Siri maybe is like a playable character. Um, but yeah, I, I I like this type of spinoff because it had a different look. It, it had a different yeah, feel. Yeah. I like Gwent. Um, it's it's because uh, Gwen's a good card game since it's easy, 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 easy to understand. A lot of collectible card games out there just over-fucking-complicate right off the bat. But this is really easy to get, and it, it, it's it's difficult to master because it's about pacing. Um, it's, it's played out throughout three rounds, for those who don't remember. Yeah. It's about summoning the most power on the board, so cards you play have like 11 power, 10 power, 5 power, whatever. Certain cards have certain effects, like they can damage other cards. Some cards have armor, so they can take a little bit of damage before their overall power goes down. And what happens is that it's not like other card games where you're always like drawing from a deck and you're filling a hand. Like you get a set of cards and you're pretty much, that's what you're working with. 
So yeah. you choose, you know what, maybe I should lose this battle in the first round because he's going to spend all his cards to beat me. And then in the second and third round, I'm going to pounce his ass and I, I can outplay him because I have way more resources than him. So like I said, it's a, it's a very interesting card game because it's all about resource management in a way, which I appreciate as someone who's plays, who plays a lot of card games. But um, I'm pumped for it. I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope that we get it sometime soon and that they don't re-reveal with gameplay and everything under the radar. Um, I have like 80 hours in Pazak on KOTOR. Yeah, it's, it's that, like that what card I thought game. of. Jink, jink, jink. And <laughs> that is exact. What once you start a mention, I'm like, I, I don't for some reason remember much of Gwent. Like I, mm-hmm. like until you just were describing powers and pluses neighbors, and I'm like, oh, that actually reminded me of Pazak, which yeah. I loved. I don't know why I wasn't super into that. Um, I know so I think, many people are though. So I, many people. I think like that part game. of it was you. We experienced that discovery of, oh my god, we have an amazing RPG and then a fucking cool card game within said right. RPG. Where, not that other gamers haven't, but maybe, for, for me, I had forgotten that feeling. Like, oh my gosh, there's right. a game within a game here. Kind of like Yakuza, where there, there's a million games within a game there. And that really, like, there, it just, something about that's really fun to discover. Yeah, that's awesome. We have such a cool game out here, and then, like, inside is is something else that's totally different um and a, a, like a break away from the mold so that may be why it didn't hit you that hard it's also i think it's not like the best card game you know where where i feel like everybody loved it i think most people tried it once and were like okay you know there's a reason why they're doing it as a standalone game now and not yeah, yeah. a part of gwent because probably gwent will sizzle out but this could yeah. be its own thing that they could expand upon because it's got the Witcher in the name. It's got a different feel to it. They are going to sell it. So people are going to look at it like a Witcher game. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting ride for them. Cause I'm curious. I've seen, I've seen companies take IP, spin them in the card games and, and, and people are like, fuck this. What the fuck is this? And some people love them. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Um, it, It's funny. Cause this entire time we've been talking, it popped into my head right when you mentioned Witcher 3, and I don't know why, but I was like, man, CD, CD Projekt Red in charge of the Star Wars IP would be really cool. Oh, I don't know why that popped in my head, because that's just me. a, yeah, that's just a disaster conversation yeah. waiting to happen. But I was like, the entire time, I, I, oh. you were talking about Gwent, I was like, Pazak, uh, Witcher 3, but you're a fucking, you know, like some learning Jedi, and I was like, mm, okay, this, oh is, this sounds pretty good, yeah. I yeah, wish, probably bro. shouldn't have brought that up. I wish. You have no idea. I don't know what I do, dude. If Don't you believe at some point... I should let you go, but don't you believe at some You're point... Fine. Somebody's got to fucking announce a KOTOR 3. Like, I, my brain is I starting... Feel like... Uh, all these remakes, Maddie. Like, Yeah, I feel like at some point... And I, I know people will say, like, Maddie, you're just being an optimist because you want it. Partially true. But I just feel like... Look, man, I look at it this way. Like, if Shenmue, if Onimusha can get fucking re-released, then you bet your right. goddamn ass Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic can. Like, yeah, they're yeah. sitting on a fucking stack of gold, man. You know, I, I don't know why they're waiting. I I imagine it's it's legal stuff. You got a ton oh, right. of companies IPs. involved. Yeah. You know, you, like, I made a whole video about it. It's like you got Microsoft, EA, Obsidian, Disney, Disney probably Lucas arts too yeah now that i yeah. think about it which i don't think i included in my video like it's just a ton of fucking people man it's 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 hard to work around that i guess because i remember like phil spencer had advocated for 
a KOTOR anniversary. Um, I know yeah. Peter Moore, when he had headed up EA, he had talked to Phil Spencer about it. Like, it's been... They've tried. I don't know what the wait is for. Like I said, man, if they can dance around the technical hurdles and the legal hurdles of Shenmue, I believe anything's possible. Because Shenmue, that's not a lucrative pro- lucrative project. I'm sorry, it's not. Right, right. Yeah, it's not. that's it, for sure. Imagine KOTOR 1 and 2, bug fixes for, for 2, mm-hmm. and, like, just... I mean, I know it's got its enhanced whatever for the Xbox X or, or backwards compatibility, yeah. but just having it get a remaster. People think you're optimistic, which sounds odd to me because KOTOR 1 and 2 sold like hotcakes. So it's not necessarily even optimistic to it's hope or think it's really. coming. It's actually realistic. And the, the only thing I think, like you mentioned, is probably the IPs because it does seem like money-wise... And fan-wise, people would want it. It, it. it does seem like the only thing that obviously has stopped it this far would be those IPs. I didn't remember Phil Spencer advocating for it. It um, was on Twitter. It was like a, like someone tweeted at him, like, what about a Knights of the Old Republic anniversary? And then he was like... Oh, shit! Was You're like, right. Let's see what... And he tagged Peter Moore, and he's like, what he thinks or whatever. I'd love that. He said, you know, and then Peter Moore yeah. was like, we'll see what we can do. I was like, son of a bitch, man. Like, you guys got to tease us like this. That was, like, in 2013 or 14. I remember making a video about it. I was like, oh, my God, it might be happening. And here we are in 2018. <laughs> still Four years nothing. later. That's the thing. People are like, why are you still asking for it? I'm like, you don't realize what kind of journey this has been. <laughs> like, this has been insane. I, yeah, and I don't, I mean, look at when you played it on stream and, like, or, or in your videos and people watch it and still like it after all this time. Like, unlike Shenmue, mind. which is sort of known, but more known because it's trilo- the third game that people have been wanting for, what, over two decades? Yeah. But with with KOTOR, it's continued to be highly successful. Um, like you said, I actually like Star Wars Online now, the KOTOR Online, whatever, mm-hmm. SW, whatever you call it. Um, and you were saying you sort of enjoyed it. There, There's a lot of story there, and it just seems to me that there's enough popularity and enough fans that at some point we i mean at some point you'd think somebody pull the fucking trigger i don't know maybe it's disney right because yeah. disney already didn't they say that old republic um isn't canon anymore um the old republic timeline i'm pretty sure disney came out and said something uh like i believe it's non-canon um what, there there's an exact i'd look it up right now there is an exact type of wording they used for it where they pretty much said it's like not non-canon but we're allowing it to continue on oh okay like the old republic is like the old republic happening i'm trying to remember because like a lot of things that are in the canon like you know you see the 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 mandalorian wars mural and yeah clone wars uh the selkath and clone wars uh stuff along those lines hold on let me I i would also like to see i mean you know, if 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 wishing made it so, but I know you just recently played it. A, a, well, maybe last year, but Jade Empire. I would I love would that still. Yeah, don't get me I, wrong. I fucking I would love a remake. Bioware, but man, back in the day, man, it's 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 not even the same. People think Rare's a different company. Man, you guys have no fuck. You have no clue. <laughs> Bioware is like not even in the same stratosphere as they used to be so sad somebody from bioware is watching right now they're like oh okay. my gosh props Derek to them if they're watching us because we just rip on them so much 
We do a little bit, don't we? A lot of people uh, just always are writing like like the old Republic just became canon again because of like shit that happens in Star Wars Rebels. But um, oh, okay. Here's a 2017 answer: Is Star Wars: The Old Republic still part of canon? Officially, no, it isn't. Disney has reserved the right to create new films and stories as a see fit to place them anywhere in the Star Wars timeline. Unofficially, Clone Wars referred back to the Sith Empire, referred to a couple of locations from the Old Republic era, including Moribond, uh, known as, formerly known as Corbon, uh, a cameo by Darth Bane, who was influenced by Darth Revan. My friend's reading a book about Darth Bane. Uh <laughs> This is far from canon. It still has a lot of references built in, like I was talking about earlier. Officially, right. Disney says one thing so as to control your expectations and permit them to make whatever movie they want to make without worrying about stomping on a landmine. Unofficially, what's going on is that there's so much Star Wars material out there that if they want to be reproductive with it on any reasonable timeline at all, they've kind of got no choice but to put a hazy state of limbo until they figure out what to do with it. Makes sense. In the meantime, my rule of thumb is that until Disney makes material that actually contradicts it, the old Republic era, its event, its events, and its characters, especially as they're so far removed from current events, are totally viable for any discussions about the Star Wars universe canon until proved otherwise. Hmm. That was from 2017. Hmm. That's the thing, man. There's so many references to the old Republic era. That's why I made a video on it. I was like, there's just too many to ignore. But then there's also, like, Disney just says, like, yeah, it, there's a point in the Star Wars timeline where things are not canon. I think they said the – that's what it was. I think they said the extended universe. The extended universe. That's yeah, what that it was. True. That is what and, it was. And, and, and because of that, KOTOR is a part of that. SWOTOR is a part of that. But they're like, SWOTOR can live on. It's fucking weird, man. It's so weird. You, it's sort of sad, too, because, like, I don't know. We get these remakes of some of these games, and I'm like, yeah, that's great and everything, but some of the biggest games out there, you know, even a Baldur's Gate from Black Isle, which, you know, has some Bioware heritage, they get enhanced versions from Beamdog. You see all these other companies. We don't even see a Dragon Age Origins remake, which has surprised me. Um, even though that's not that's, a, yeah, wow. many years old, but it's quite popular in the Dragon Age sera- series. I still think Origins, most likely for a lot of people, still considered their best because of what they did with the character generation. Oh God, yeah. We don't, and we don't see that. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's Bioware and EA. Also, the fact is, is I forgot Disney is the one who fucking shut down their own like game company and fired everybody with no warning. Disney's weird. They when they mm. when they closed down Disney Infinity. Those guys, I was friends with them on Twitter, and it was like one day talking about game codes, and the next day just like, oh, showed up for work, and Disney just fired the entire studio. They were just like, gone. You know, we're out of games, is what they said at that time. So Disney has a lot of money, so I bet you they look at a re-release and they think maybe it's just too much, like... They just don't want to worry about the IP. They're like, uh, no, we'll we'll do the movies, but the movies haven't done great. So let's yeah. hope let's hope they continue to do poorly, man. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, <laughs> there, there, there's a little bit of a benefit for us selfishly. So I'll t- I'll take it. I'll take it. We want more solos, man. Yeah, make as many more. as you possibly can. Just nice under underperforming box office things. You know, I'm I'm all for that because that'll 
that'll bring us our KOTOR. They'll have to look at oh. games and be like, that's where we'll make our money. Imagine a KOTOR movie, dude, if they were like... I'd be because... fine with an animated show. That's the thing. Like, I love to oh, see the so games would come I. back, but like, just do something. <laughs> you mean like Clone Wars? Yeah. You mean like, yeah, oh, uh, Rebels or... Uh, Rebels Absolutely. is the other one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would... Dude, I still think The Old Republic is far more interesting than the current... Than Same. anything done in the current. Same. Like, it's so scary. It's always in the back of my mind. Like when I'm watching episode seven, eight, I'm like, this is great, but, but. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and, and I don't think people, people are probably like, fuck, they went to Star Wars again. But the, if you got this far, just write in, just write, patience, hashtag. Mm-hmm. But, um, like when it comes to the old Republic and all the battles that were happening, all the, the Mandalore, all that stuff, it, there's something about it that is just so much more rich than the typical shit we get now, which is like, it's the last Jedi. It's the last this. Yep. It's, and you're like, okay, I get it. Doom but and gloom. Doom and gloom, yeah. And instead, it's like Old Republic, where there's tons of Jedi. There's tons of fucking um, of, uh, of Sith. And they're all fighting, and they're, the Sith are widely known, and they've got their training planet. Mm-hmm. You're going to it. Like, that shit, imagine a Rebels cartoon. Yeah. Where you you get to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd dude. kill for it. What type of dog do you own? Rat terrier. Rat, rat terrier? Terrier, yes. It's it's cuter that's, than it sounds. That's not a real name. Rat terrier, is it? Is that Absolutely. a real breed? Rat, no real breed. fucking way. I don't believe you. Rat terrier? <laughs> come on, come on. Nobody call it that. Rat terrier. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, those. Oh, big ears? Yes. Okay, yeah. That. Oh, no, that's a cute dog. Hell yeah, he is. He's just What's really his name? loud this episode. His name's Duke. Duke. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a loud dog name? <laughs> it does, actually. It sounds like a, like, sounds like a Great Dane or something. Not a, not you a think he's tiny. like a puppy, right? He's 13, and he's just like barking at everything that fucking walks by. It's like... He's losing his mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, when you were fucking five, you weren't doing this. What's good? <laughs> I think our dog has, is losing the ability to hear and know where sounds are coming from, because mm. he'll do that. In the middle of the night, he'll bark at the floor, and you're like, "Okay, either somebody's under the ground, uh, under the floor, <laughs> burying bodies, or my dog's losing his mind as he gets older." He's thirteen. He's thirteen as well, I think. I feel that man. My dog sometimes he'll he'll like you'll call his name and he'll just sit there like asleep still. And I'm like, "Oh man, this is like this is really cute oh. but sad." <laughs> yeah, it is, especially because thirteen. So how old were you? Did you guys get him when he was a baby? When he was a pup? Yep. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Dude, you're in the same boat as I am. Like, my dogs are graying. You know, they're becoming old because dogs age in a weird way. And right, it's right. like they, w- they went from being super action-packed to all of a sudden when they go up the steps, they do it gingerly. And I'm like, aw. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. It sucks. Oh, wow. sorry not to downer anybody. Yeah, I was going to say, damn, look at this rapid turnaround. We went from KOTOR <laughs> hype to... <laughs> How our dogs well, and are what's aging. funny is, as we've been talking, it's been getting darker and darker. It looks like you live on the other side of the moon or something. Dude, I what hate the lighting in my room. It's it's Three, 7 o'clock. Oh, it's 7 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, but I hate the lighting in my room because all I have are – I need to get the, the translucent lights or, or whatever they're called, the, the white ones, because uh-huh. it's just always yellow. And then the lighting fucks up. It looks like I'm wearing lipstick the whole video. I'm, I'm just like, dude, <laughs> I fucking hate the lighting. I'm looking at dude. your, I'm looking at your webcam. I'm just like, dude, like when he moves, it doesn't look like he's a potato. Like it's just uh, a nice crisp you quality. You need to fucking show up with fucking lipstick on. It would be the greatest thing in the world if you show and don't tell anybody. Just be like, salutations, like everybody. Just show yeah, up with- yeah. 
just show up with it and just see until people are like, is he? I think I did see one time where we were all doing a podcast when Lone was still on and somebody did post, is this motherfucker wearing lipstick? Yeah, bro. And I I've gotten it even... so many times. It's <laughs> like, yo, is Maddie wearing awesome. lipstick? I'm like, God. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I never even thought about that. Now I'm going to see that all the time. Oh. All right. Well, let's hope my lighting's better next week. <laughs> all right. We hope you guys enjoyed. Once again, if you got this deep, use the hashtag patience. That was a good one. Patience. Patience indeed. If Thank you, could you deal very with much. Us. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this riveting games discussion. We'll catch you guys with episode 169. Ooh. Peace out. Peace out.